Welcome to the Adlaw Access Podcast. I'm Jeff Scurry. Today I'm talking with partner Gonzalo Mon about a topic that has affected a lot of folks, the concept of force majeure. Gonzalo, two years ago, right before the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 to be a pandemic, you wrote a blog post encouraging companies that sponsor events to consider whether their agreements adequately address cancellation. So a lot has happened since then, and many events were canceled. How have your clients handled this? Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, a lot has certainly happened since then. When I wrote that post, it was impossible to predict how many events would be canceled or how companies would handle that. The good news for most of my clients, at least, is that most were able to resolve their issues. And this was particularly true in the context of longer-term deals that were going well at the time things started to shut down. For example, companies were able to agree on make goods or refunds, extensions, or other things that would help make up for the benefits that sponsors lost. That wasn't always the case, though. I have advised some clients in instances in which negotiations didn't go as well, but that was usually in the context of a shorter-term relationship or a relationship that was already rocky before the pandemic started. Is the main issue whether an event happens as planned or gets canceled? That is the main issue. It, It used to be fairly binary. Either an event happens or it doesn't happen but new variables have emerged over the past few years. For example, some events took place, but at a reduced capacity in order to account for social distancing rules. And some events happened without live spectators, but were televised. And and then of course there were some events that just went fully virtual. The good news is that all of these options could help avoid cancellation and the complete loss of sponsorship benefits. But it does lead to questions about how benefits that were negotiated for an event in one format would be translated into another format. For example, if your sponsorship entitles you to a sign at a stadium, but an event is going to be conducted virtually, how do you translate the physical benefits to the virtual space? In some cases, the answers may be easy, but oftentimes it requires a lot of creative thinking on both sides. Do you find that companies are looking at their agreements differently now? Definitely. For one thing, companies are looking at their force majeure clauses and sometimes paying close attention to them for the first time. Those clauses usually appear towards the end of the agreements and often towards the end of a reader's attention span. Because force majeure issues used to come up very rarely, a lot of people relied on boilerplate language and didn't pay too much attention to the details. Force majeure clauses often list specific types of events that are going to trigger the clause. And in recent years, courts have considered whether COVID-19 fits into the type of events listed in the contracts. For example, if a clause only lists things like earthquakes or hurricanes, an event like COVID-19 may not be covered. So at a minimum, we are seeing companies specifically list things like pandemics and, and epidemics. But you can't just look at the force majeure clause. You need to consider how it relates to other provisions, such as each party's obligations, any make-good provisions, refund provisions, uh, timing of payments, and other things like that. You could have a very broad force majeure clause that gets triggered in the event of a COVID-19 situation, but if that's not in sync with other clauses, it may not buy you very much. In fact, in some circumstances, it may work against you, particularly if the other side's performance is excused and you don't have a clear remedy. So you really need to look at the entire agreement and think about it holistically. And so what should companies be thinking about when they draft or review these agreements? 
There are a number of considerations, but I'll mention three key ones. First, what are you sponsoring? Is it a single event like a concert or is it a series of events like games in a season? How you approach the deal and how you draft the force majeure clause is going to depend a little bit on that. If the single event that you're sponsoring is canceled, that's a bit different than if one of a series of events you're sponsoring gets canceled. Second, it's important to understand where you derive your value. Some sponsors may derive most of their value from on-site activations. So they're going to want to negotiate for protections in case of cancellations and, and maybe even um, in cases of reduced capacity. Other sponsors may care less about in-person benefits. For example, they may derive more value through use of logos, digital campaigns, or pass-through rights. So those types of companies may approach things a little bit differently. And then third, based on the answers to the first two questions, you should really think about how your benefits may be impacted if we face another pandemic or another situation which leads to events being canceled. What types of make goods or other provisions can help you? It's important to think about all of those things when you're structuring a deal. Do you have any tips for companies negotiating these agreements? Sure. And, and for the purposes of symmetry, I'll, I'll throw out three. Though the first one is really what we just talked about. Consider the issues we just discussed. Rather than take a one-size-fits-all approach, it's important to understand what really matters to you. Once you understand that, you'll be in a better position to tailor your approach and to pick your battles. I've seen some companies argue over a provision, mostly because it was in their template, when it probably didn't matter very much. You can do that, but it's not always efficient or good for the relationship. Second, it's important that the legal and business teams work closely together. Now, that may be obvious for many companies, but I've been surprised at how often that doesn't happen. Force majeure issues tend to implicate business concerns, so the business team needs to be at the table. They need to take an active approach in advising how cancellations or other problems could affect the bottom line and what sorts of remedies make sense. Based on that input, the legal team will need to ensure that the agreement provides the necessary protections. And then lastly, although different people approach negotiations in different ways, I think it's important to realize that both parties have risks with these types of situations. Of course, you should be primarily can be concerned about your company's or your client's risks. But if you push for a one-sided solution that shifts the risk entirely on the other side, that's probably going to complicate the negotiation and set the partnership off on the wrong foot. Try to have an open dialogue about risks and work towards a mutually beneficial solution. By doing what we discussed earlier, you know, figuring out what really matters to you, you may also be able to figure out where you can give on issues that matter less to you, and that can help you gain some goodwill. As I mentioned at the outset, the companies that were best able to navigate the challenges we've seen over the past few years were the companies that had a good relationship before the pandemic started. So I think it's helpful to start building that good relationship early on. Thanks, Gonzalo. Uh, thanks for updating us on force majeure. If people want to get a hold of you for this or other issues, how can they get a hold of me? Sure. My contact information is in the show notes. They can also subscribe to our blog at www.adlawaccess.com. We've recently launched a new podcast and, and even more recently, a new app where all of this content should be available.